salvation or saved, when you see the word saved, it has a bigger meaning than sometimes we're taught. It means that he's done all those things for us when he came and died on the cross. Jesus is the big picture. Matter of fact, in 1 Thessalonians, let me give you this uh, verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter... Um, and I'm jumping around a little bit. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says this. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the word of God. That is the word of God. The word of God says... Your spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved blameless. And there's a lot of Christians who don't walk in that. So I'm going to read some scripture real quick to you. And then I'm going to just give you some healing facts about healing, delivered, salvation, to be made whole. Psalm 32.3 says, When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groanings all day long. What happened when the person didn't deal with their sin? Their body wasted away. That's the scripture. Psalm, or Proverbs 4, 20, verse, 20, verse 22 says, <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For their life to those who find them, and health to all of their flesh. The word brings health and life, eternal life, yes, but health to all of your flesh, it says. Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, that's the sin issue, who heals all your diseases. Wow, he takes care of our flesh and our mind. It says that. Who redeems your life from destruction. Again, the soulish issues. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth would be renewed like the eagles. So that you would be renewed in your physical body like, like the eagle flies. Hi, come on. I want to ask you a question. Did Jesus ever have a headache and couldn't minister? Did Jesus ever not show up because he wasn't feeling well? Did Jesus ever have any sickness issues anywhere in the scriptures? Anywhere in the scriptures, did he? But yet Christ lives in you and I. And, matter of fact, the same spirit that raised Christ's body from the dead lives in you and I. So what's the answer? Why do so many Christians live in sickness and disease and have things like diabetes, cancer get on them, and all these issues of the world. If Jesus Christ came to take away all that, because after all, where did all that come from? Did it come from heaven? Did it come from God? Where did it come from? It came from the fall of man. All sin came from the fall of man. All sickness came from the fall of man. All sin is an attack from the enemy. All disease is an attack from the enemy. All sickness is spiritual. All sin is spiritual. All. Even accidents. 
because there's no accidents in heaven. So if you fall down and break your arm, would that ever happen if under the kingdom of God? It can't. Every sickness, every disease, every sin is because of the fall. Did Jesus take care of all of that at the cross? Or did he, maybe he didn't take care of some stuff. He only took care of a few things at the cross. Did Jesus save all at the cross? All who come to Jesus, can they be saved, healed, set free, and delivered, and made whole? You guys are kind of quiet, but... Matter of fact, in Psalm 107, verse 20, he says, He sends his word, and he healed them, and he delivered them from their destruction. Who's the word? Jesus. What happened when he was sent? He healed them from all of their destruction. So Jesus is the answer. I'm going to quickly just kind of paraphrase this, but in Numbers, uh, there's a time when the Jews were wandering in the wilderness. God gave them a covenant. He says, I'm the Lord that heals you. Your clothes won't wear out. Your shoes won't wear out. You'll walk in divine health for all the time that you follow me. But what happened is they got into sin. And when they got into sin, something got on them that was not of God. So they walked out from the protection and the umbrella of God. And here they are in the wilderness and these fiery serpents begin to bite them. And every time the serpent bit one of them, they died. Sin brings forth death. The wages of sin is death, right? And here they are dying all around, the ones that are walking in sin and being bitten by the fiery serpent. Come on, it's uh, Satan's bite that bit them in the garden and still bites today. So this is happening. Moses is told by God, build a, a, a pole, a bronze serpent, raise it up, and when the people set their focus on that, the serpent's bite would die away from him, and the serpents would die away, and when the bite came, they couldn't be hurt at all. And so Jesus says this in John chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. And as Moses lifted, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, and whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Just as that bronze serpent was lifted up in the wilderness and stopped the fiery bite of the enemy, Jesus came on the cross and was lifted up, and the fiery bite of the enemy is now dead in Christians. Come on. That's who Jesus is. So everyone who looks on Jesus, everyone who looks on Jesus and accepts him, the annulling or the death of the fiery serpent in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a, what a blessing. It's all about Jesus and what he did. But a lot of us sometimes live underneath that. And, and we're growing and we're being sanctified and and. It's good that we just repent from sin and get back and not let the fiery serpent get on us. But I want to share with you some spiritual truths so that you know and that you understand the whole gospel. Because the whole gospel means that Jesus healed you. He set you free. He delivered you and he made you whole. Hallelujah. In every area of your life. And when you go to Jesus, there's healing in that. Here's something that... Um, it says in the scripture, in James chapter 5, it says, here's how you deal with sickness. You call on the elders of the church, and they will come and anoint you with oil. And when they anoint you with oil and pray for you, pray for you the prayer of faith will save the person who is sick. And that their sins then will be 
forgiven. So that's the way that we do it in the New Testament. That's what the scripture says, right? Does it say that or doesn't it? How many of you do that? How many of you? I, we, Deb does the prayer chain. Here's how we get some of the prayer requests. Not from you guys, it's the people that aren't here today. So you can blame them. They basically will go to the doctor, make their appointment at the doctor. I don't feel well today. I'm going to the doctor because I'm sick or I've got to go to the doctor because of this. They don't go to the prayer chain. They don't go to the elders. They don't get anointed with oil. Then afterward, we get a prayer, a prayer request in the prayer chain after they've been to the doctor two or three times. Oh, I don't feel good. Oh, I don't know what's going on in my life. When they don't do it Bible way, that's called disobedience to the word of God. But they're doing it their own way and living in their own flesh. And they wonder why the fiery serpents are biting them. Does it not say go to the elders and let them anoint you with oil. Does it say that or doesn't it? Yeah. Scripture says, set your affections on the things above and not on the things of the earth. When we set our affections on living in the earth, here's something that Jesus came against. He says, because of your traditions, you're not walking in these things. Because of your traditions, you're in the mess you're in. Well, that's the way I've always done it. That's the way that my fathers did it, and that's the way that my grandfathers did it, and that's the way we've always done it. I've got health insurance. That's the way I've always done it. Does it make it right? Did Jesus say because they always did it that way, it made it right? No matter of fact, he says because of your traditions, you're in the trouble that you're in. So sometimes we get caught up in our traditions, and we forget what the Word of God says. And I heard a message um, I think it was by Todd Bentley on Friday, and um, the message was simply this. He defined humility in such a beautiful way because it says that humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and the Lord will lift you up. That's James chapter 4, verse 10. It says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The word resist and the word humble are from the same root word. And let me give you the simple definition of humility. Do what God says. Submit to whatever God says. Humble yourself in the sight of God and say, I'm yielded to you. And whatever you say, I'll do. That's humility. Anybody who's not walking in obedience to the word of God is in pride. But I'm, I'm kind of got a meek spirit. I kinda, I'm kind of quiet. I'm kind of humble. No, you're not. If you're not following the word of God, you're in pride. Because what you're saying is, I don't have to follow the word of God. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to take part of the word of God, and I'm going to do what it says. But the other part of the word of God, I'm going to do things my way. That's not humility. That's pride. And all of us, again, probably not you guys, but I've walked in pride too many times. And I've seen it get on me. And I don't like it. Humility. Walk in what God says. If God says you go to the elders of the church and get prayed for, then you get prayed for. If we got a prayer chain and you've got an issue, have you brought it to the prayer chain so people can pray? I hear all the time, I, I was sick today. I didn't come to church because I had a headache. <laughs> really? Did you call for people to pray for you? Did you pray about it? Did you get other people to pray for you? And how dare you not show up to the house of God on the, on the Sabbath because you've got bit by the enemy. Now, I'm being very blunt, 
But that is the truth, isn't it? Is it or isn't it? Hmm. Jesus, it says of Nazareth, went around about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That's Acts chapter 10, verse 38. He went around doing good. What did he do? He healed all that were oppressed of the devil. So what was he doing when he was healing people when he was on the earth? He called it oppression of the devil. Matter of fact, it says in 1 John 3, 8, we are told that the Son of God was manifested for this reason that he might destroy the works of the devil. So you've got a savior that's healed you, that's delivered you, that set you free, that you can call on, that actually lives within you. You've got that access. We need to get out of our worldly mindset and get into the word of God and follow what the word of God says and do it God's way. And when we do things God's way, we come under the umbrella of that blessing of God. We are on this earth blessed mightily for what Jesus did to us. Amen? Saved, healed, set free, come on, delivered. What a blessing. And we are called while we're still on this earth to take that blessing and be a blessing to others. But if you're sick all the time, and you're always worried about how you're feeling, and you're always kind of dealing with your own issues, how are you being a blessing to others? It's the gospel, what I'm saying. Sit, if sickness is part of Satan's work, Christ, all of his earthly ministry, all of it, he was treating sin. He was dealing with devils at the same time. But if sickness is something from God, and God puts it on you because he wants you to grow. And God, I've heard this before, oh, that's just my cross to bear. And so I'm going to take that sickness, I'm going to take that disease on me, and I'm going to walk in it, and, and I'm going to take it, because after all, God gave that to me. Then why would Jesus go around healing people? Was he outside the will of God? By the way, why did you go to the doctor? Are you outside the will of God when you go to the doctor? If this thing that you got is from God, how dare you go to the doctor? And get healed from it. Because it's from God. And you're going against God's will. Does that make sense? But let's see what the gospel says. The gospel says this. All authority and power over all devils and diseases was given to every disciple. Mark, or Matthew chapter 10 verse 7. He says, and this is the words of Jesus. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you've received, and freely give. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what, that's what Jesus said we're supposed to be doing. Let me go on. Mark 16. Verses 17 through 20, again, Jesus to the disciples. This is Jesus, again, saying to us, this is the Great Commission, which is the gospel. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes will be baptized and will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. 
They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We are called to lay hands on the sick and God's part is, is they will recover. When's the last time you laid hands on a sick person and prayed for them? Well, hopefully, again, I'm talking to probably the people that aren't here because you guys do it all the time. So they will recover. And I'll be honest with you, I don't see 100% yet. I, I, I pray with everyone I can. I don't see 100% recovery right away. That's a miracle. I do hear of healings that happen days and weeks and months after. But I do know that if God told me to do it, and I'm going to humble myself in the sight of God so that I am lifting up in his sight so I can be used for him, I'm going to do what he says. The healing part's on him. If I just do what he says... He takes care of all the other part of it. See, because I'm not the healer. Who's the healer? Jesus is the healer. Come on, that's his name. His covenant name means that. Mm. Since Jesus said, continue in my word and then you'll be my disciples indeed. Was he just joking? Was it just something that's optional for us? Or did he say, if you continue in my word, if you do my word, matter of fact, he says, if you keep my commands, if you love me, you're going to keep my commands. So what's the other side of that? Really, maybe we don't love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, because obviously I haven't been keeping his word. Because I don't believe the integrity of God. I'm not going to take him at his word. I'm going to take some of his word and I'm going to do some of the things I want to do. That's called sin. Our prayers are supposed to work. And again, I gave you James chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Isaiah 53, 5 says this, And he died for our sicknesses, I'm going to, I'll actually, instead of reading it all, he died for our sicknesses. Second Chronicles 16 says it. Isaiah 38 says it. First Peter talks about him dying for our iniquities so that we could have him. Wow. There's a great exchange. Jesus gives us all of himself. And he says, give me all of your sin, all of your sickness, all of your disease. I've come so that you can have wholeness of life, that you can be reestablished with the Father so that the kingdom of God comes upon you and you walk in that. It's not something that's in the hereafter. When I died for you and you became born again into my kingdom, born again in me, you now have me. Use me. It's like a guy who's got a billion dollars in the bank and never touches it. Oh, I didn't know it was mine. It is. It's ours. Healing is ours. The gift of deliverance is ours. Come on, there's a lot of demons out there. And then people give them names like schizophrenia and, and epilepsy and all kinds of stuff like that. But really, you know what those are? Those are demons. 
People don't like to hear that, but that's what Jesus called them. You've been paid for. What was the price of your salvation, of your healing, of you being set free, of you being delivered? What was the price? It was God himself coming out of heaven's glory and dying on a cross so that he could accept all that for you. Why would you ever take that from him and carry it yourself? He took it all on the cross, all of it. And he became a curse for us, so there's no more curse. He took the curse. Here's the issue, but if you want to carry it yourself, you can. I see so often people get healed here, especially in church. Miraculously he healings. People get there was a heel spur that was healed yesterday, a kidney that was healed. I mean, uh, last Sunday, yesterday. It probably was like felt like yesterday. All kinds of stuff up here at the altars happening. But also I do see people walk out this door, and when the enemy comes in to check to see if those doors are closed, and he's bringing seven of his buddies with him, and you get a little bit freaked out by that, all of a sudden you start believing the things of the world and start believing the sickness and start believing the symptoms, and all of a sudden healing is lost. And people wonder why. You open the door. <laughs> you didn't keep believing. Do you think that they're not going to try to come back? That's a place they've been living. That's like a home to them. I'm coming back and I'm bringing seven more of my buddies because after all, you cleaned it out and swept it out for us, so there must be room. Here's a, here's a, let me tell you something. Here's how to keep your healing. Fill that place with the Holy Spirit. Understand that when we're not, our heart is not on good soil. When we're not in good soil, that the enemy can come and spread problems, weeds, and issues in our life. And if we don't believe the Word of God, and walk in the Word of God and believe what God says He is, and God does what He says He's going to do, and we start believing the symptoms, we have an issue. Set your, thing, your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. We need to stay in God and in Christ and fulfill the purpose and destiny that we're here for. So often, so often we get caught up in the things of the world and our mind gets off God. And we wonder, we wonder, why is... These things going on. And it happens to me, again, probably not happens, doesn't happen to you guys, but it happens to me a lot. It's like, how did I get into this issue? Where did this come from? <laughs> Is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? If what he walked in 2,000 years on this earth is the same, is that what should be manifesting in us? The same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Should it not? Here's the biggest issue, though. The biggest issue I see is that the kingdom of God is at hand when Jesus came. He says, I brought the kingdom of God with me. Matter of fact, it's not only at hand, but the kingdom of God is within you. And on earth as it is in heaven, I am earth. I am made of dust. And deity breathed into me. I am deity and dust. On me as it is in heaven. When Jesus came, he restored that to us. The kingdom of God is in us. In the kingdom of God, in heaven, is there any sickness? Is there any disease? Is there any emotional problems? Is there any depression? Is there any anxiety? Is there any issues like that? Is there? Is the kingdom of God in you or not? Did Jesus say that or did he not? So if that is true, then we have that to fall back on. And yes, 
Our mind does get going on its own flesh, and yes, we get soulish things. Here's another one that works really well. Here, a little sidetrack thing for you, a little rabbit trail. But when I start thinking soulish thoughts, here's, here's a soulish thought. Boy, I hope I'm doing okay because I hope those people like what I'm saying. That's a soulish thought. Start speaking in tongues. Because what happens when you speak in tongues, it's a gift from God. It takes what's within you in your heart and talk directly to God. There's direct communication. It bypasses soulish thoughts, fleshly thinking, and you've got direct communication with God. And the greatest part of all that is the devil doesn't understand it. <laughs> He's like, oh man, I don't even understand what they're doing. But God does because the spirit in you is communicating directly with God in the throne room and bringing that back to you. Come on, a lot of us don't do that enough. And that wasn't part of the message, but it just, you can have that one for free. God is so good. All the time, amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One other thing, and I've got a hundred of them here, but I don't want to go too long because I want to open the altars for prayer because God is going to confirm his word with signs and wonders today. There will be people healed today if you come forward and believe it, or you may have already been healed in your worship. Diabetes is going to get healed today. He's already showed me that. There's somebody here that has a, a, a chipped bone. That's going to get healed today because I felt it. Now, what are those? Those are simply the Holy Spirit in us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead has given us the mind of Christ. And when the Holy Spirit takes us, it says, I'll lead you into all truth and I will show you things to come. He shows us a little bit of the mind of Christ. Mind, Christ knows everything past, present, future. And says, I want you to speak these things into their lives so they know it's for them. So that they will then come and get the whole touch from me. That's God's love when he gives words of knowledge like that. So if, if you're one of those two, that was for you today because God loves you. And wants to heal you totally. Not just spiritually. Which is great. And that's, that's, if it was just spiritual, that would be enough. Amen. But he wants to heal you emotionally and physically today. That's who God is. But communion. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 through 30. And maybe it would be better if I read it word for word, that what happens during communion. See, the communion supper, the communion, the body and blood of Christ, is to help us remember that Jesus came to heal us, to set us free, to deliver us, to save us. By his blood, we get spiritual, eternal healing. By his broken body, we get emotional and physical healing. And matter of fact, I'll read it, what it says here. Verse 27 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup to the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of Christ. So what is an unworthy manner? Most of us think, well, we've got to get sins taken care of, and that's part of it. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. And here's why. We're not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, 
Many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For not discerning the Lord's body, for not discerning what he did and what his broken body meant, many are sick. Many die early, prematurely, because they're not discerning the whole picture of what Jesus Christ did and what his broken body meant. It's, it's in the scripture. Let me, re, let me read that verse again. Because I see some of, some of you are like, really? <laughs> For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Wow. Why? Because we didn't discern what Jesus did and the whole picture of who he was. And we uh, allowed our own flesh to decide and to make decisions for us. And not discern it the way the word of God says it. If he says to have communion as a representation of what he did on the cross and the whole picture, then the whole gospel is who he is. Are you, some of you is getting this. Some of you, there's, uh, there's more, but you know, I'm going to probably give maybe one more example. And then I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit to... See if he wants to talk to some more folks individually, and then we're going to pray. And I will, because it's not me, it's Jesus that's in this room, and it's Jesus who's the healer, I will guarantee that people will be healed today. Not because of this message, or not because of me, but because of Jesus and what he did for us. And if that's you today, I want you to begin in faith, believing for your healing, emotional. There's some emotional issues here that people have dealt with for a long time. I know there's a couple of people that have had a spirit of depression on them, and we're going to cast that spirit of depression out of you today, and it's going to go in Jesus' name because it has to listen, because in Jesus' name it must go. Matter of fact, let me read the scripture that even says that to you. And I'm going to read out of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14. And it says this, John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. Most assuredly, he's trying to get our attention, right? Most assuredly, this is Jesus saying to you, hey guys, listen, most assuredly, Pastor Brenda does that good when she kind of, you know, most assuredly means like, are you listening? I want to tell you something. Let me get, quit thinking about food. Quit thinking about what's going to happen later. Quit thinking about the ball game or this or that. Get your mind, hey, most assuredly, listen to me. This is what, how that really means in the English. That's like not in the Strong's Concordance, but it's kind of, that's how he meant it in English. Is most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. So that the Father may be glorified. Wow. And he says it again, so we get it. He says it twice. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What a promise from God. So here's our part in all of this. If Jesus is the whole package, our job is to be willing vessels to allow him to flow through these vessels, to become light and salt to the earth, and touch people in their hurting and in pain. To bring salvation, all salvation, spirit, soul, and body. We are carriers of the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is within us. 
And our job while we're still walking on the face of the earth is to bring that to everyone we come in contact with. I'm telling you, the most exciting part of your life will be to be able to understand this and walk in it. There's no thrill ride. There's no roller coaster ride. There's no cool uh, rush. There's no drug. There's nothing that will fulfill you like this, walking in what God created you for, your purpose, your destiny, your created before the foundation of the world issue that he has for all of us. And it all comes down to, do I believe him? Do I believe who he says he is? Does he live in me? And if he lives in me, has he given me his spirit also? And am I supposed to do what he says? When he says, heal the sick, that, that probably, I'm going to erase that part out of my Bible because oh, I'm not healing the sick. Well, guess what? You're not. <laughs> it's him in you that is. Raising the dead? I better raise that part out. Now, you know what? Those signs all died when the word of God came. And all those signs are gone away. And that's why it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Anyway. Heal the lepers. It says to pray for the sick. It says that I'm supposed to lay hands on the sick and the God in me, the Jesus in me, heals them. My job isn't to determine, well, I don't feel like it today or what are they going to think or I don't want to offend anybody and we're not supposed to talk about religion, so why would I do that? So in the meantime, people are suffering and it hurt. Here's a question for you. If that person ever got to heaven and understood that you had healing in you and you didn't touch them and they had to suffer for that for two or three or four or five years, what are they going to say to you? You had that in you and you didn't share it with me? You're in my family and you didn't share that with me? Well, I didn't want to offend you. How about this one? And please, I, I believe that God will get to them. I went to hell because you never shared Jesus with me? I believe God will get to them. But We've got something big in us, and that is Jesus. What I'm trying to do is let you understand that Jesus is bigger than sometimes what our tiny mindsets or what religion tells us. We've got to break off the religious spirit that gets on us and this comfort zone mentality that we all have, including myself. And think that, hey, let's go listen to somebody give a good word and then let's go out to eat afterward and talk about, you know, the word. That was pretty cool. But do you ever, like, live it? Because if you're not, you're not humble. You're in pride. And you're living outside of being obedient. And if you're living outside of being obedient, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Come on, folks. I, I love you guys. I love you guys. I'm being a little tough and a little hard on you, but... We should know the truth, and the truth sets us free. How many want to be free today? How many want to be free today? Come on. Is there anyone who wants to be free today? Amen. I believe there's freedom in the house. I believe there's freedom in the house because he's in the house, and he's in every one of us. And you know why we can do greater works? Because... Jesus, when he was in flesh, was one place at one time, one person. But look at all these Jesuses all over here because Jesus is in them, because you're the body of Christ. Look at the Holy Spirit, how, how much the Holy Spirit can manifest when 
It says that if two or three who are gathered in my name, if two agree touching anything they ask, it shall be done with them. So Deb and I, we believe that you're all going to get healed, don't we? Amen. It's done. It doesn't the scripture say that? Yeah. Now, again, here's the other side of it. I am not walking in 100%. I don't know why. I'll lay hands on somebody and sometimes they don't get healed. I don't understand it. But this is, again, I said this before, does that give me the right not to keep doing what he says? And I believe that healing will manifest. I believe there's an answer. And Jesus, when the disciples couldn't heal that boy, did he go to the boy and say, that boy was just a bad boy. We're not going to heal him. Did, did Jesus say that? Jesus said the reason why the boy didn't get healed was because the unbelief in the disciples. And I believe that a lot of times when people don't get healed, if I'm manifesting flesh in some way or unbelief or it's on me, and when we're laying hands on people, if they don't get healed, don't ever put that on them. Well, they must be a rotten person. They must, they must have so much sin that God isn't going to heal them. God loves everyone. Everyone. Loves them so much that he died for them. Our job is just to do what he says. His job is to take care of the other part of it. He even said one time in the scriptures where this issue was manifested, this issue of disease was manifested so that the Son of God would be glorified. So that person may have had that for a time, but the time had come that God would be glorified in them, and that person was healed. And I believe the time has come for many of you to be healed. Today is the day. Today is that day so that God would be glorified because he confirms his word with signs and with wonders because that's who he is. And the kingdom of God is manifesting right now in this place. If I could have uh, either Amy or Crystal come up and begin to pray, we're going to get um, prepared. I just want you to get prepared for God to touch you today. Is there an issue in your life? Any issue in your life? Is it an emotional issue? Again, and, and as Amy's coming up, I'm going to share something with you that there's another little free nugget. I've shared it before, but almost every single issue in our life comes from one of three areas. I think that's deep in my notes somewhere. It might even be in there. Either we're not in relation with God properly. Pastor Brenda had a message about if you love God with all your heart, we're supposed to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? And if we're not in that right relationship with him, then it's broken. And when it's broken, it opens doors. And when those doors are open, it allows junk from this world and from the enemy to get on us. Here's the second part. When you're not loving yourself the way God sees you as his child, if you've been born again, you're bringing emotional baggage into your life because you opened a door and you're not believing what God says about you and you're allowing junk to get on you inferiority is a, a trick of the enemy rejection all those things that you feel sometimes those are not of God and here's the third one when you're not in forgiveness no matter what that person has done to you if you haven't forgiven them then God's not going to forgive you that's what the word of God says so we got three issues always, always that we can go back on. 
Are we in a right relationship with God? Obeying His Word, doing what He says, being born again, actually walking it out. Be doers of the Word and not hearers only, Scripture says. Are you in a right relationship and who you are in Christ? Or, whoa, that's not for me, or somebody else needs it more than I do, or, oh, God wouldn't touch me because all the sin I've done. Oh, woe is me. Oh, and you beat yourself up. That issue needs to be dealt with today. If you have any unforgiveness of any kind, and I don't care how bad that person hurt you, any unforgiveness of any kind, it must be laid at the altar. It must. Because until you can get past the area of unforgiveness, you're not going to walk in what all that God has given you. It says if you don't forgive, He won't forgive you. These are the things that invite the tentacles of the enemy to get into your life and cause oppression, depression, a mind that's not stayed on Him, sleeplessness. Somebody's suffering with sleeplessness. That will be broken today in the name of Jesus. Some of you have not thought for a long time because you put it out of your life that I've hurt somebody really bad or they've hurt me really bad. I even get this, but pastor, you don't know what they did to you. I usually say, but you don't know what God did for you so that you could have freedom and you wouldn't have to carry that poison around anymore. See, when you lock and un walk in unforgiveness, it's like drinking poison every day. Every day. Let's get free of that poison today. Amen. Father, what do you want to do? How do you want to touch him? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, giving. If you're not giving the way the scripture says, and you're wondering why all this junk is getting on you, you're being disobedient to the word of God, get obedient today. He's just, he's throwing these things out. I just want to throw them out so that before we pray. See, he loves us so much. Loves us so much that he gives us these opportunities. And when he made covenant with us, a covenant of blessing, a covenant is a two-sided issue. But God knew we couldn't keep our side. He knew it. He knew we wouldn't love him with all of our heart, mind, soul. He knew that we would make mistakes. So he says, you know what? Whenever you mess up, whenever you don't keep your side of the covenant, I'm going to come and die in your place and take that on me. So I'm taking all of that on me right now, if you'll give it to me. Every burden that you're carrying, he say, give it to me. Give it to me now. Come on, today's the day of freedom. If you want it, he's saying, come to me and I'll give it to you. I'll take your side of the covenant. And because you're supposed to see death for sin, I'll take your death. I'll take your sin. I'll take every issue in your life if you just give it to me. You're saying that's too easy. But he loves us so much. He made it that easy. Why would we hang on to that? Why would we hang on to junk when Jesus is saying, give me that stuff? So right now, today, 
I want you to just take a few moments. Is there any junk in your life? Is there any issues in your life? Any? Is there any hidden sin in your life? Is there anything you haven't thought of for a long time because you've suppressed it down? Hurts, pains, issues. Is there anything like that in your life? Let the Holy Spirit begin to show you. Is there anything you want to give to Jesus right now? Because he's here to take it. I'm going to just give a simple altar call first for salvation because, again, I want you to know that Jesus came to heal you, to set you free, to deliver you, to save you. But you never understood that before. Matter of fact, you never even called on the name of Jesus before and understood that he would take your sin. Today is your day. Don't leave here. Don't say, well, he's going to make me raise my hand or make me come forward or something like that. Don't care what people think. Care what Jesus has done for you. And he's calling you right now. And he's saying, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. I want all of that. All that burden you've been carrying. If you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't accepted him yet, not only do I want you to raise your hand, but I'm going to ask you to come forward. So I did what I, you are all fearful of. But if you can't take a few steps today, for Jesus, come on. Come on, today's your day. If you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior yet, I want to see your hand right now. Because I'm going to pray with you. and We're going to get that straightened out. Is there anyone here that would like to pray today and ask Jesus into their lives? Just raise your hand. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. Come on, this is an important day for you. Christian? Well, let's just wait for a minute. He said, don't go on. There's some, there is somebody here that's dealing with this. You know who you are. You're dealing with it. Matter of fact, you thought I was just going to jump forward, but God says, no, I'm going to kind of work on your heart a little longer. Jesus, Jesus is Lord. How many, are you, do you want him today. Do you want it? If you want him to accept you as Lord and Savior of your life, to take all of your sin and to give you all of his life, bring you into eternal life, to touch you emotionally, spiritually, physically. If you haven't accepted Jesus yet, do you want to do it right now? I'm asking you to raise your hand. Okay, brothers and sisters and that person who didn't raise their hand please come and see me at the altar or see somebody and get that straight please do that today brothers and sisters in Christ maybe you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior but maybe there's an area where you've opened up a door and that door we're going to get it closed today and if you want that door closed in your life or there's any issue at all is it a health issue physically? Is it an emotional issue? Is it a sin issue of any kind? Jesus is here to take that today. If you just want to get closer to him, I'm going to open the altar. So I'm going to ask the prayer team to come on up here. And we're going to pray. Somebody here hasn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and evidence of speaking of tongues. 
and uh, you've been putting it off and putting it off and I'm, I'm telling you that's power that you need that's power that you have to have come forward and you will get that today we've got a prayer team up here and I'm just going to invite people to start coming forward in prayer for any issue in their life or if you just want prayer and here's the hard part I'm not going to be the first one because everybody's looking at me <laughs> and saying I must have something wrong in my life 